And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hope you guys had a fantastic weekend. Uh, great show today. I was joined by my friend Chloe Anagnos. It's always a great time talking to Chloe. Uh, we, we covered a lot. Uh, we talked about uh, Attorney General Barr eviscerating uh, the Democrats on Capitol Hill yesterday. We talked about the Democrats uh, endorsing race riots and then denying their existence, which is a, it's a bold strategy. We'll, we'll see if it works out for them. Uh, before I get to Chloe, guys, please follow us on Twitter at No Gimmicks Pod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, or Spotify. Uh, if you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate it. And if you like what you're hearing and want to get involved, hit us up over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. All right. Without further ado, here's my chat with Chloe and Agnos. <laughs> All right, guys, we're here with my friend Chloe Anagnos. Chloe, how you doing? I'm well. How are you, Brady? I am great. I just got back from a fishing trip, so I'm uh, I'm doing just fine. And uh, we have a ton to get to, as always, um, but I, uh, I'm a little behind. I'm just playing catch-up this morning out of, out of everything I've missed since last, what, Friday, I think, when I left. So a lot to get to. We'll try to cover as much as we can in a short amount of time. Um, okay, so Attorney General Bill Barr uh, did another one of these... Uh, pointless congressional hearings yesterday and uh I, I i watched the highlights i watched maybe 20 minutes of the highlights i think if president trump wants to be reelected, or if you're a trump voter out there listening uh you you should hope that the president puts the attorney general on television as much as humanly possible he's clearly the most intelligent man in the administration and the democrats really can't do anything to this guy um they they all attempted to grill him during this hearing yesterday and and it, it did not go well for them so, and, and also the, the Democrats, basically, they would just cut off Bill Barr. They'd ask him a question, Barr would answer, and then the Democrats would say, uh, I'm reclaiming my time, and would cut off Bill Barr. So I, I'm actually going to start using that on this podcast, Chloe, if we have a disagreement, <laughs> and you're really just kicking my ass, and I can't do anything to, to prove my point. I'm just going to cut you off and say I'm reclaiming my time. I'm reclaiming my time. You know, he really is a smart guy and, um, I've never, I've never, you know, met him. Uh, but what's kind of funny is, um, I've run a lot of attorney general races here in Indiana and what a lot of like average or just like American voters in general don't really uh, kind of like keep in mind is that the role of the attorney general is to uphold the constitution and defend like, like the rule of law, like to uphold it. Right. And I feel like a lot of Democrats don't understand, like the attorney general of the United States does not make the law. He just upholds the law. So you have to really be a very smart person to be attorney general, whether you're in like the state of Indiana or Michigan or Ohio, but especially for the United States. So I, uh, I read a little bit, uh, about the hearings yesterday. I'd like to watch a little bit too, just so he can like kind of boop these Democrats on the nose, like you would a dog in training. Right. <laughs> but I'm just glad we, you know, we have someone that's pretty, um, I don't want to say untouchable, but it seems like he's pretty untouchable, at least to the Democrats in this administration. Yeah. It's like, he's, he's the perfect messenger for, 
President Trump's policies and message. I mean, he's a he, he's just much more articulate than Trump himself. He's much less divisive than a guy like Mike Pence. You know, he he's just like he's the perfect sure. messenger for kind of for for the Trump White House. You know, he can say it in a uh, a calm, hilarious, effective way. Much more, he can be much more effective, and he's much more more capable than than Trump is in a fight. So, uh, I, I think if you're a, a fan of the president, you want Trump to win re-election in November. Uh, you should hope that you see much more Bill Barr on on TV. Um, w- one of the buffoons questioning Bill Barr was was Jerry Nadler, w- truly one of the worst elective elected officials in the nation. Um, Nadler on Friday, when asked to, to denounce Antifa violence in Portland, said that Antifa is a myth. He said that there's no <laughs> that there's no violence okay. in Portland, uh, and that it's all a myth. And this seems to be the Democratic strategy, you know, essentially endorse violent communists burning things and destroying property, and in some cases even you know murdering people. And then when asked about it, just deny that anything's happening. That's a bold strategy. Gosh. I don't know if it's going to work, but it, it seems like they're kind of in lockstep. That is their talking point: endorse the violence, endorse the riots, and then deny that that anything's going on. Wow. Well, and I mean, do people like just not watch the news and realize that there's violent protests that have been happening in it happening at least for the last what month? Yeah, month and a half. Two months. I mean, yeah. Come on. Yeah, I I know. It, it, they're they're basically saying, who are you going to believe, us or your lying eyes? Well, and it's so crazy too when people just try to deny, deny, deny because it's like, hey, we have video, we have like small computers that are in our pockets all. All the time now most people i feel like have smartphones we can record video audio from multiple angles i mean we're not like a like a london or any other type of major metropolitan city in europe where you have literal security cameras on every single street corner but like come on right i don't know people are just nuts i just think that the democrats are out of bullets i really do their their trick for the last several decades going back to the 60s was vote buying, you know, pay people off, pay poor people off for their votes, keep people dependent on the government and and, and force them to vote Democrat. But now sure. the, the, the Republicans are infringing on that strategy, right? <laughs> the, the Republicans are spending just like the Democrats spend. Uh, I mean, Trump and McConnell are, are literally printing money and sending it to people, just physical checks, just printing money from the Federal oh, yeah. Reserve and sending it to people. So it's like the Democrats are like, hey, man, hey, hey, that's our game. What are you doing? <laughs> like, what are we supposed to do now? So. I think what they've resorted to is race riots. I mean, <laughs> race riots are kind of all they have. They, they believe their best chance to win elections are to pit people against each other on the basis of race. And, man, I, I have my problems with the Republican Party. Don't get me wrong. And I know you do as well. Sure. But, damn, that's just evil. Like, that, <laughs> that is like some degenerate evil behavior. I mean, you, your, your goal, your electoral strategy is to hold the country hostage. These Democratic mayors and governors are essentially saying, we will let these violent communist terrorists destroy major American cities until you all vote Democrat. Like, I, I'm trying to—I know this sounds extremely ridiculous and hyperbolic, but how is that not terrorism? Well, I think, you know, it's been so frustrating, at least being in Indianapolis, and um, if, if folks out there have paid any attention to my neck of the woods, we had a mayor that— just did not come out and condemn the violence and the protesting and all of the murders that have been happening um, here in downtown Indianapolis. Uh, But at the same time, we'll come out 
and make mask mandates and social distancing mandates. And I mean, just continuing with this, with this coronavirus pandemic that we're dealing with, um, um, will come out and do anything to kind of like, uh, to kind of have like more power over the public. Right. But won't condemn violence. And that's just been so frustrating because of course, like you and I, Brady, were talking before the show. It's like, do we believe that black lives matter? Absolutely. Like totally stand behind that statement, condemn police brutality, we stand for criminal justice reform in the black community, but we don't support the Marxist organization that is coming out. And I mean, I don't know if you've seen, but the majority of time when you donate to black lives matter, that money is transferred into democratic, like races. Oh yeah. Like it's for it's, Congress or it's, yeah, it's if you I don't do, remember what the it's name a, of the org is, but it's a vote blue. Yeah. If you, if you donate to black lives matter, it goes directly to Vote Blue, which is just a slush fund for Democratic yes. races. And I mean, you're looking at yep. organizations like the NFL is donating a quarter of a billion dollars to Black Lives Matter. And that is just a quarter of a billion dollars going to the Joe Biden campaign and to Democratic congressional campaigns. I mean, it's, it's absolutely disgusting. It's just a Democratic Party slush fund. Well, and think about all of the... T- is it... I don't think it's tax breaks that the NFL gets, but all of the tax and like, um, like tax money. Uh, I'm trying, you, you know what I'm talking about? Like when we, we give like subsidies to the NFL or like these stadiums that are being built. And I think at the same time, some of our tax dollars, I know at least in Indiana, when we built like Lucas oil stadium, I think some of some, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I'm making any sense, but some NFL, organizations depending by on the city or the state get tax money get taxpayer money yeah which is ridiculous they do definitely get taxpayer subsidies for building these stadiums and also the military um will give money to the nfl to do these like you know patriotic displays and stuff before games like you know f-18 flyovers and stuff like that so it's like the military which is our tax dollars obviously are, are giving the nfl millions of dollars to do these things and then they're turning around and writing checks to vote blue. I mean, it's it's I, I I'm no lawyer, <laughs> okay. I don't, but <laughs> yeah, I don't even understand how this is legal. Like this doesn't even seem legal to me. I I mean I don't know, but it seems wildly at least immoral and unethical. Well, and again, you know, you and I believe in volunteering volunteer volunteerism. I can never say it properly, but uh, we volunteer, believe in everything. Volunteerism. Yeah. yeah. Volunteer. There we go. There we go. I have, a, I, I have a college degree. I, str- I struggled um, there too, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, why can't we just use our money for what we want to use our money for? And, you know, you can say the same about education. I mean, I don't have kids, but the number of people because of this pandemic who have to figure out like, okay, is my kid going to go to public school? Or are we going to homeschool? Or are we going to try to do e-learning? And I follow a lot of people who study school choice and who study education funding across um, the U S on Twitter, Facebook, and they talk about how your tax dollars that pay for your child's public schooling should just follow the kid. So if you want to use that, you know, $15,000 a year that you pay in property taxes or whatever, or that your local government allocates to that child, you should be able to use that to homeschool or to, or to go to a private school or some type of co-op or a micro school. And now I think, I feel like you're going to see a lot of teacher unions, uh, and I think we're already seeing it a little bit about a little bit across the country because we are. I mean, August is later this week, which is crazy, but we're seeing a lot of these teacher unions that are like, no, we want X, Y, and Z before we allow 
schools to reopen, which is insane. Yeah, the, um, the Los Angeles Teacher Union said uh, that they won't reopen until California gets rid of the police. Yeah, and it's like, why do you—I don't understand why a lot of these folks don't realize that, one, you're a public employee, and you don't really— like all you get all the benefits of teaching, like, don't get me wrong, we need teachers, but at the same time, you're a government employee. <laughs> and I don't think a lot of public school teachers, at least that that are making those uh, statements in terms of, you know, wanting to defund or get rid of police officers, realize that, you know, you you don't really get to make those types of decisions when you're a government employee. I don't know. I'm no expert. I don't have kids, but at the same time, it's a little frustrating when they make those types of claims. Oh, absolutely. And I don't have any kids yet either, but eventually, you know, hopefully I will. And uh, I mean, Joe Biden said um, that if he's elected president, the uh, the education system will be focused on the teachers. It'll be a teacher-focused education system, which seems just on face value extraordinarily evil. I, th- I thought the education system right. was supposed to be focused on the students not the teachers, right. you know, and they're just, they're just making this a political issue. I mean, the, you know, the, the teachers are, we're going to see the same nonsense from the teachers as we saw from nurses for the last few months, like doing like dancing TikTok videos and stuff like that and talking about how, how heroic they are for doing their jobs. I mean, like I respect oh, because, nurses and I respect because, teachers. I'm not oh, saying sure. that I don't, but it's like, really, we're going to be subjected to that insufferable nonsense again from another group of, of, of people this time, you know, government employees yikes but yeah i think you're absolutely right i mean you know the the federal government spends something like fifteen thousand dollars a year per student i mean that, mm-hmm. especially if these schools schools aren't going to reopen just give each parent 15 grand per kid i mean if you, if you know a family with two children if you get a check for 30 grand a year i mean that means one one parent will probably be able to stay home from work and and teach the kids and homeschool the kids and the kids will get a lot better in education than they would before anyway well, and then even, I mean, we were kind of talking about uh, and kind of going back to the pandemic, but the, the number of people who are suffering from substance abuse, uh, anxiety, um, I mean, just severe problems because of, you know, quarantine, staying home all the time. On the on the reverse of that, think of all of the students who now don't have to, if they're being homeschooled at least, or, or if they're doing e-learning. Think of all of the students on the flip side who don't have to deal with bullying or depression or anything that, you know, comes with being a, a middle schooler or a high schooler. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, so I, I haven't I've been reading a little bit about the number of students who are like, hey, you know, like these parents have said, like, hey, my, my student or my kid is doing so much better now that we pulled them out of public school and we're just going to continue homeschooling now. Um, and I think a lot of teacher unions at least or or people who you know really are in it for the money and the power and not necessarily for the student are a little nervous as and they should be they absolutely should be one of we're both libertarians so i'm sure you can relate to this one of the most annoying developments um during these race riots are the leftists constantly complaining and saying, where are the libertarians? Why, you know, aren't the libertarians in favor of criminal justice reform? Why aren't they backing us up? Now, obviously, they don't know anything. <laughs> they know nothing about libertarians or libertarianism. They couldn't define it. They they know nothing about what we think, what we believe. They know nothing about our values. But they assume because us libertarians right. are in favor of criminal justice reform, which, by the way, I've been talking about on this podcast for three and a half years, they, they assume because we're in favor of criminal justice reform that we're re- endorse violent communists 
destroying private property, burning buildings, and killing people. Okay, it's like what? Yeah, we don't. I, we I don't, don't know how you square that, that circle. Uh, I I don't really understand it. You know, it's funny. So I wrote a I wrote a blog post just on my personal personal website because I had a lot of people who reached out to me during that time because um, they want to get involved in criminal justice reform groups or they want to volunteer like in a prison or doing prison ministry or something. Um, and they know that I've been writing about and interviewing, uh, you know, fellow, fellow prisoners, uh, for like the last, I don't know, like five, six years. Um, and so I put together a list and of course, most of the, most of the organizations that I at least have a contact with or that I'm familiar with are more liberty leaning or libertarian leaning. Um, and one of them is freedom works based out in DC that literally helped write the first step act. <laughs> and I got called out on Facebook by someone, uh, for saying that, you know, well, all of these, all of these organizations, uh, that you put on your blog, um, you know, they're like conservative and conservatives don't have, you know, classical liberal, classical liberal, conservative, whatever you want, whatever you want to call me, libertarian, fine. But this person was like, yeah, well, you know, they're, they're conservative leaning groups and, you know, conservatives have a, have a history of not supporting, um, you know, criminal justice reform or racial equality or something. And I literally commented and was like, <laughs> freedom works helped write the first step act. <laughs> Like, what are, like, what are you even talking about? Like, you're not, ugh, it's just absolutely so draining to try to even figure out how these people think, you know, and I was nice because I'm not going to be a jerk on the internet. Um, but at the same time, it's like, Hey, this is not like an exhaustive list of like resources. And I even had the ACLU of Indiana on there. Like, come on. Right. So I don't know. I think, I think it's, it really is just whatever fits a lot of these folks narrative. That's what they want keep with and they have a really hard time realizing and going back to the 2020 election they have a hard time realizing or even educating themselves about biden about democrats and how biden literally is going to pick you know i think kamala harris yep. who put people in jail for marijuana yep come on like really so yeah it, it's amazing i don't know i and that that's such a pervasive worldview from people on the left too that that person that that attacked you on on facebook you know they they assume that republicans are against your conservatives are against criminal justice reform it's like look barack obama was president for eight years okay and he had a unified democratic government for two years and right. he didn't even attempt to pass criminal justice reform it, it took president trump to pass criminal justice reform and Right. Yeah, and and like you said, Kamala Harris. I mean, yeah, the, the Democrats are running Joe Biden, an old white man who wrote the 1994 crime bill, and Kamala Harris, who made her career sleeping her way to the top and then arresting young black men for smoking weed. Okay, it's like these are the two right. worst people you could possibly run in in this moment when everybody's concerned with criminal justice reform. I can't believe that the Democrats are doing this. And then, but they get away with it. The press shields them. The truth never gets out because yep. we don't have a press. We just have propagandists. So they can they can run whoever they want. I mean, they could run a ham sandwich and they would, you know, the the, the press <laughs> would praise them for it. So it's like, it, it's absolutely. Oh, this is a great ham sandwich. <laughs> this is so great. So great. This ham sandwich is going to save us. I don't even think there's ever been well, a great ham sandwich, but yes. Uh, no, probably not. I don't really like ham that much. I'm more, I like turkey. Same. I like turkey or like roast chicken. Yeah. Um, Corned beef, you know. You know, just like. Corned beef, poultry in general. 
um, or beef. But it's it's so frustrating because at least when I got some of those comments and then the other comment was when I basically just kind of like told this person off, but in a nice way, they were like, well, you need to, you know, you need to, you know, uh, con continue to like lift up black voices in, in what you're doing, at least when writing about criminal justice reform. And it's like, I can't tell you how many times I have interviewed people of all race, creed, ethnicities um, who were former convicts or former, not convicts, but people, you know, former, formerly incarcerated. That's a better way to put it. But it's like, they just want the, the pat on the back on social media to be like involved or like post the black square on Instagram and be like, <laughs> oh yeah, I'm really involved. And it's like, okay, well, where were you when, you know, we're trying to, um, you know, get, uh, sorry, I'm getting text messages that are coming in here on my laptop, but it's like, you know, you people have absolutely no idea what conservatives or at least liberty leaning libertarian groups or organizations have done in terms of criminal justice reform and president Trump kind of going back to your point, I've actually been very impressed with what's been going on in his white house for, um, for, uh, criminal justice reform, especially working with Kim Kardashian West. I mean, that's been crazy. Oh yeah. Uh, but also, you know, trying to use your influence for good. And where was Barack Obama in the, you know, eight years of his presidency trying to do anything for criminal justice reform? I don't know. Yeah. And people on the left, you know, they mocked Kim Kardashian and all that. It's like, okay, well, she just saved people's lives. What have you done today, huh? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. Like, what, I don't, Seriously. Making fun of Trump for meeting with Kanye West and Kim Kardashian. And, and it's like, okay, well, they're, they're saving people's lives. I mean, people that were incarcerated for drug crimes are now walking free as they should have been the whole time. Okay, what have you exactly. done? Exactly. What, what did Chuck Schumer do? Well, what did Nancy Pelosi do? What did Barack Obama do? Nothing. They did nothing. So, I mean, come on. Nothing. If you're not willing to give credit where credit's due, then we can't have a conversation, you know? Yeah, it's just been very frustrating because, again, like I said, like I've just been— Criminal justice reform, the war on drugs. Um, what else do I focus on? I mean, that's where a lot of my research and like really in-depth articles have been about those topics for the last like five, six years. And it's it was just so crazy to me that I got that kind of comment on Facebook, like, well, these are right leaning and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, <laughs> dude, what have like what have you done? It's just people that they see reform. the Nothing? entire okay, world. Thanks. It's like they see the entire world through the lens of Democrat and Republican. You know, it's 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 hilarious. One more point on my annoyance with, with the left trying to co-opt us libertarians into their ridiculous Marxist movement is that they don't understand, like, even anarchists, even anarcho-capitalist libertarians, it's, it's not like libertarians are against the rule of law or against laws generally. No. Like, we're in favor of the rule of law. We just want it to be voluntary. Right. We're, we're exactly. not we're not even opposed to, you know, I mean, I, I we're opposed to taxation, but like, you know, of giving money to some kind of collective to get things done. We're not even necessarily opposed to that as long as it's voluntary and as long as it's, you know, optional, that, that, that kind of thing. But like if you make even with no criminal justice reform, Right. And I'm all, I want to get rid of the police unions. I want to make it easy to fire and prosecute racist cops, bad cops, violent cops, all, all that stuff, of course. All the things need to be, all those things need to be done. No unarmed black men should be killed by the cops. We all know that. We all agree with that. But the cops as they stand right now with all of their flaws, just the current police state, 
If you make me choose between the cops or these violent commies killing people and burning down federal buildings and destroying private property, I'll choose the cops. If you make me choose between the current police system and what these communists want, I'm choosing the police. And I think even most right. anarchist libertarians would agree with me on that. I mean, let me know if I'm if you disagree, but I think most libertarians, including anarchist libertarians, would agree that choosing between Black Lives Matter and Antifa running the streets and the cops running the streets, I, I think a lot more private property will be respected with the cops. You know, so it's like, no, like, no, I, I do not. Just because I'm in favor of criminal justice reform does not mean I'm a part of your commie movement. I'm sorry. Oh, absolutely. And what's crazy is that anytime there's some type of problem in the world, so like the pandemic or um, economic inequality, I mean, really, you name the issue, progressives on the left will always come back and say, well, the answer is just Marxism. Oh. It's like, oh, education inequality, Marxism. Oh, uh, poor race relations in the United States, Marxism. Um, police brutality, Marxism. It's like, when are people going to realize that countries like Venezuela, Cuba, um, China, the, the, the basically Marxist utopias, quote unquote, I know you can't see me, but I'm like using, you know, air quotes, like these are not places that you want to live and you don't want to live under these policies. And I hate using the word privilege because I think it's just really overused in today's lexicon in terms of thinking about economic or personal freedoms. But I feel like so many Americans, especially young Americans, don't realize or don't have the family history um, of, you know, being an immigrant from a place like, for example, like I'm a Greek American and I have families, I had family members that um, or relatives that were political prisoners. And I don't think that a lot of these, these students, especially that advocate for Marxism, understand the consequences. Um, so it's like, you know, Venezuela, I hear Venezuela is lovely this time of year. You know, I hear their health system is great. It's like, eh, I don't think these people will understand what they would actually get if there truly was Marxism in, in the United States. Oh yeah. I mean, Cuba has some beautiful beaches, I'm sure, you know, go knock yourself out. <laughs> Black Lives Matter. Oh, sure. But yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. Absolutely. And the term privilege has devolved into a joke, um, at least at least on the political right. But I mean, you're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. I mean, just being born in a capitalist country is maybe the greatest privilege you can be born with. Even a country like ours, is, you know, with, with all the cronyism, with all the problems within our system, we don't truly live in a, a, a truly capitalist system, obviously. But just being no. born outside of a communist or fascist state is the most privilege you can be afforded as a human being in 2020, and these people do not know how privileged they are. It's just, no, it's, it's, no it's, they it's, don't. It's so funny to me. One more point on my annoyance with this the, the, the leftist-slash-libertarian issue. I, I'm tired of people that would never defend me asking me to defend them. Like, it, there's not in a million— oh, for sure. They disagree with everything we believe. They don't believe yep. they, they it's stated they're a stated Marxist group. Black Lives Matter is they do not believe in private property. My entire worldview no. is based on private property. OK, like if you <laughs> what do you believe politically? I believe in private property. I believe in property rights. That is yep. my political worldview. And these people hate that. These people want to end private property. And then they ask us to defend them when cops arrest them for committing crimes. OK, like obviously I don't. I don't believe a lot of 
crimes that exist currently should be crimes. I mean, not, most nonviolent crimes should not be crimes. Obviously, all drugs should be legal, stuff like that. Uh, but we do have laws. If you break laws, you know, you go to jail. Um, so, no, I'm not going to defend these commies who are violent and breaking crimes when they would never, they would never support you and I. They would never come no. to our defense under any circumstances. They want us dead or in prison, okay? Like, they want us silenced. They want us deplatformed. They want to beat us with bike locks on the streets, okay? No, I'm not going to come to their defense. I'm sorry. No, and that's and that's what's, I think, just so sad is trying— I, I saw a meme. I saw a meme the other day. It said, who would you rather talk to, a boomer or a, like, Gen Z socialist? And quite frankly, I think I would rather talk to like a baby boomer oh, 100%. or like trying to like persuade them to get to your side because they actually have the context of how bad communism is. Right. Like think about like the Cold War, like they lived through the Cold War. They lived through, you know, the older side of that. They lived through World War Two when, uh, you, you know, an entire continent was under attack by fascism, communism, socialism, whatever you want to call it. It's all basically the same thing. And you have these millennial gen, gen Z socialists who think that, oh, well, you know, that wasn't real socialism and we're just going to make a utopia and everybody's going to, you know, um, enjoy the fruits of one another's labor. But they don't want to say that, oh, well, if you don't opt in, you're going to go to the gulag, right? Like they just have absolutely no worldview whatsoever. And they get on people like you and me who actually have a worldview and who understand like history and how things work and say that we're the the horrible, bigoted people who don't understand and, and who aren't kind and generous and giving. So I don't I could talk about this for days, but it's just so frustrating to hear the the responses from from people who want we all like want the same things, but the way about going them, at least for these these He's young, and I, they're, they are young people mostly, but it's just straight-up Marxism, and that's not going to fly. One more point in favor of the boomers in, in that scenario. I, I absolutely think you're right. I'd much rather have a conversation with a boomer. Also, like, you know, if, like, your car breaks down or something, you could call a boomer, and they could come over and, and help you fix it because they're, like, good at fixing shit. If you call a Gen Z socialist sure. to come over and help you with your car, they're going to come over and try to steal your car. <laughs> so, right. You know, I, I think uh, the boomers definitely went out there. Um, I'm out of time. I got to let you go, Chloe. Thank you so much for doing this. I'm sure we'll do it again soon. Where can everybody uh, keep in touch with you and follow you online and all that good stuff? Yeah. Uh, best way to follow me is just on Twitter. So at Chloe and Agnos, uh, I'm the only one on Twitter, which is really cool. Um, and then story tips, uh, interview ideas, uh, really anything, you know, you want to reach out to me about just Chloe Agnos at gmail.com. Everybody follow Chloe. She is great. Uh, that's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Monday. No gimmicks. Uh-huh.